0: Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung.
1: And I'm Fanny Darling.
0: As always, a quick warning. There might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we're going to do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're talking about the new Almodovar movie, Pride and Glory, our thoughts on the just-completed first season of On Becoming a God in Central Florida, and we'll also, well, I'll give early thoughts on the Watchmen series premiere. Release the Snyder Cut! No, just kidding. Nobody cares okay as always please rate and review us uh on itunes or the podcast app of your choice it helps people find us we'd love it End of uh, shill. What'd you do in pop culture this week, Fanny? Well,
1: first, I have a couple of things to be happy and complain about in pop culture news. The Stand casting, which is an ongoing thing for me since I was 12, but now is a reality. And I have these news blasts that come to me and it's like, yay, I'm happy about that. Oh, that's really terrible. Last week or the last time I talked about it, it was out uh, Al- that's Alexander, not Bill, being cast as the walk-in dude, which is great casting. This week, it's a sad trombone. They cast Gren- Greg. Kinnear wah, wah. as Glenn Bateman <laughs> which first off he's too young and secondly he's not smart enough and third stop putting putting Greg Kinnear and stuff just stop I agree
0: Greg Kinnear gets a general just next yeah we may have done that before but I'm re repping it
1: just stop it I just anyway so this will be an ongoing saga until it premieres and we'll see what happens I'm still gonna watch it because Let's talk about Alex Garsgård as Walking Sex. I'm okay with it. Uh, Station Eleven, which is a great novel. uh, I always want to say by Edna St. Vincent Millay, but that's not actually her name. Uh, I can't think of the author at the moment. Uh, HBO Max has begun to develop it for a 10-episode limited series. Please actually make this a limited series. Don't try and go further than this. This is a gorgeous book and I think could be a really interesting show if they do it well. I've read this book. I'm excited. It's a great book. It's a really great book. On uh, the Netflix tip, I watched We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which we talked about when it was coming out. And this is actually, it's good. It's the first Jackson property that I've seen made In a modern telling where it stayed true to her weird, quirky, not exactly sure if there's anything actually supernatural or if people are just crazy way of writing. Uh, Very much the haunting-esque and everybody in it is really good. Crispin Glover should never do anything except Shirley really shirley jackson i'm pretty sure she had crispin glover in her head when she wrote <laughs> she may be the reason that crispin glover exists maybe actually. he's
0: like a in, like a yeah. like embryo like a, yeah like an adaptation
1: zone. type thing yeah. where he just stepped out of the pages of one of her novels i think it's possible he's really good vera farragama is perfect for the oh sorry it's tassia in this one okay. she's perfect for this type so Faragama's of Faragama's and their weird yeah in their weird ass movies. names yeah Anyway, she's really good in this, and what's her face? Daddio, Alexandria, Daddio, I think. God, she's so strikingly beautiful that that she's perfect for it. Uh, She was in one of the seasons of uh, True Detective. She's one of those people that you would know if you saw her. She has dark hair and blue eyes. Actually, you might not know her if you saw her, but she has dark hair and blue eyes. Um, Just very round face, quite pale she's very beautiful and kind of has big huge haunted eyes perfect for this type of thing sebastian stan again very good i think that this was well done um you gotta watch it yeah i was i was happy with it i was happy that i watched it on netflix but i was happy with it i also as a breaking bad person sat and watched el camino don't understand why I find Aaron Paul attractive, but I do. It makes no sense. He's the opposite of my type. My sister says it's just because he's so earnest, which, okay, I'll kind of give it. He's he's earnest. He always plays a very earnest guy. I don't
0: think of you as being um, a sucker for earnest. That's I'm not. Weird.
1: Yeah. I, my sister's a sucker for earnest.
0: <laughs> a little speak. projection
1: going on? A little bit, yeah. This is a really fun movie. It's very processy it takes place over the course of a few hours um very much like two hours after um the end of the breaking bad show and then some flashbacks so you kind of know where aaron paul's character was at what he went through for the end of breaking bad that's as non-spoilery as if you haven't watched breaking bad as i can make that um Everybody in it is good. It's fun to see Ro- Robert Forrester, who just passed away. His part is great.
0: Was he in the show? Yes, he was. Okay. And he plays
1: the same character. And Jesse Plemons is fabulous. It's it's worth watching. Was it necessary? Probably not. But you can tell that all of these actors really missed working with each other. And they all worked together for 10 years. So give them two hours to hang out together again don't do this again, Vince Gilligan, because you get one. And that's
0: it. Was this, do you think this was ever part of any original plan or was it really like, oh, we got stuff on the cutting room floor. How can we keep this going? Netflix is going to give us money.
1: I mean, it wasn't stuff from the cutting room floor. It was definitely, it made sense. The stuff that was flashbacks, you, you knew had probably happened to Jesse. So that made sense. And all of the other content was original and they leave that ending open-ended enough that I bet that they all thought well we could do something with this if we wanted to and the character that we'd be able to do it with is Jesse so i bet it was halfway in the pipe how much of the the plot was there i don't know except that breaking bad very often had these sort of processy i it's it's like watching <laughs> This is a very, I don't play a lot of video games, but it was definitely like watching people do like a side quest. You go, you meet somebody, and now you have to go find this money. And how do you get about it? It was basically Jesse Pinkman goes on a side quest to try and save himself over and over and over again, except that each person that he meets is somebody that you knew before. So I bet it was halfway thought of when they ended it, just in case they wanted to be able to do it. But was it a plan? Eh, Maybe. Probably not. I don't know.
0: As someone who n- never made it past the first season of Breaking Bad, maybe halfway through second season, I can't remember. Um, I will say the preview for it looked more intriguing because it looked very cinematic in a way. Yeah. And I was sort of intrigued by that. But
1: um, And you don't have, I mean, I don't think you have to have seen the show to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, It's certainly self-contained enough that you could go with the plot. You may not get a lot of the inside jokes, but it won't matter. Right. So, when Dave realizes that it exists because he doesn't listen to this podcast and wants to watch it, you can sit and watch it with him and you won't be, it won't offend you. Fair enough. Good. Um, The Succession Finale aired. This was a couple weeks back, but I hadn't watched it um, the last time we talked. I still believe this is a masterpiece. I still believe this writing is unbelievably good. Uh, Alan Ruck is great. Sarah, Sarah Schnook is killing it. This, this show, Brian Cox, is unbelievably charismatic and just great in this role. And the writing, you guys, the writing is so good and so right on. And it doesn't, it does not pull its punches, but it also it does some deep digging. I just think it is such a good show. I'm excited for it to come back. I, this is my most in... Going back, I have watched season one again. I always liked season one. I was on board from, I started this, I think four or five episodes had aired when I started watching it last year. And I thought, okay, this is a good show. I'm enjoying it. But this is most improved. Oh my God. I am just kind of blown away by this show. I, I, so I, if you haven't caught up, catch up, really do. It's great. Also great is Lee Bardo's Ninth House, which I know I talked about last week. I am trying to savor this. I am about 60% into this novel, and I know that there is a sequel, and I know that I'm going to have to wait a year, and this is just so good, and I almost can't read it because I'm jealous that somebody else got to write it. <laughs> it's so good and so interesting, and the world building is unbelievably thought out, and I just love it. Everybody should read this book and tell me what you think of it.
0: I'm on it next.
1: All right, what'd you do in pop culture, Justin?
0: Uh so I saw the premiere episode of HBO's new series The Watchmen, a sequel, uh not adaptation of the famous Alan Moore comic from the 80s, 90s, 80s, I believe. Something like that. Um Yeah, but Zack Snyder made a very bad movie of this in, uh, I don't know, the 2000s. It was very uh, faithful, but had no soul, much like all of Zack Snyder's work. Uh, Watchmen (laughs) is good. It is dated. Uh, It's interesting. I understand why it's such a touchstone. Uh, this is from uh, Damon Lindelof of Lost and Leftovers fame. I raved a lot about Leftovers especially. Um, this, without going too much into spoilers, follows uh, these character well, not these characters, but this kind of world that he's created um, into the future. sort of set in modern times. It does a lot of surprising things with um, kind of this idea of you know, forbidden vigilanteism and how that might be like you start with the cops there's um i don't know how much to go into this um it stars Regina King as this uh sort of superhero esh cop named uh, Sister Knight who is also working with the government um, and is kind of a badass and you're rooting for, but you're also like, Oh, you're working maybe for the bad guys. It's hard to tell John Don Johnson plays the department head of this police force, which is working with these sort of cloaked vigilantes. They are fighting a lot of neo-Nazis. So of course you're rooting for them. Um, It is really interesting I am going to give it all the chances for... I mean, it's only nine episodes, um, so I'm going to keep watching it. I think Damon Lindelof, much like The Leftovers, is tackling big ideas that most directors of TV would be terrified to handle. He's going all the way. I do wonder if he is the right guy to be talking about race.
1: That was going to be my question.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, I am very nervous about the show. I think it could easily go 100% off the rails. It feels right now, and I'm sure it's a very provocative sort of intentional thing, like like both sides, Like just in a way that I don't know. Like The, the central character of the, the original comic was, uh, well, a central character was Rorschach, Rorschach who were a rorschach mask what do you see in this which is very much the definition of like isn't it
1: Roshak, rorschach? R- 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 rorschach. Rorschach. yeah yes there we go. i said it wrong
0: um but that right that like what do you see in this thing right um is very much uh being played upon in a way that in current context feels a little like all lives matter maybe i don't know i don't know where this is going um, I he's smarter than that. Regina King is smarter than that. I think they have more. Don Johnson
1: sleeve. might not be smarter yeah, than that, um, but
0: it is a very entertaining hour of television, and it sets up uh, some really interesting table stakes. The whole thing about the Tulsa Massacre from 1921, everybody's been sort of writing about this, is just if nothing else, watch this episode for the first 20 minutes and go read about the Tulsa Massacre because it's a real crazy event that happened where basically this uh, black sort of upper class town in the 1920s was slaughtered. Oh yeah. Um, 300 people died and uh, it's horrifying and it's not taught in our schools. So uh, I appreciate where he's starting with this. I think he probably will... If not land this perfectly, at least be engaged in the right kind of questions. I will keep watching. I think the cast is great. I think it does stay true to the weird um, sort of comic nihilism without kind of going too far, not, not placing it in something that's relatable. So I sort of appreciate that he's thinking about what does this comic mean for everybody today. Alan Moore, the notoriously cranky creator of this comic, wants nothing to do with it. I think that's probably a good sign. Um,
1: And I will catch up with you in three or four weeks as yeah. we talked about. I, I have not read about. the comics. I've heard from what I've read I want to see a few of these at a stretch so yep. I will check in with you then.
0: Yeah. I think you'll pro- well I'm, no predictions. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, book ad- adaptations I've read books two of Yay! them. I think this is a record for the podcast. <laughs> um, I finished Horror Store which is a book I'm going to look up the title right now because I'm forgetting who it is and I think it's a fun book so I should talk about it. I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast when I started it, is about a Ikea knockoff and all the employees that work in it. um, And basically um, just how ikeas are designed to confuse us and de- disorient us and make us buy things and all the horror that kind of can come from that and just how stressful it is to be in an ikea <laughs> um there are two umlauts over the o it's horror store one word with umlauts over the o so points for that already um grady Hendricks is the author this is a super fun book um it is is and I'm looking at the good reads. I looked it up. It says it wasn 't bad it wasn't spectacular <laughs> it's true it wasn't That's spectacular, fair. but there was a lot of promise in this. I think it's a very fun idea. I like the way it milks horror out of a kind of a mundane setting. It feels a little like a good x files episode kind of you know, might've been back in the day.
1: It sounds almost twilight zone. Yeah. With Ikea as evil. It's like mannequins as come to life. You know, I
0: think you'd enjoy it. It's kind of fun. Um, and there's a great central character and there's a sort of investigation of, Oh, you know, how much are you committed to the store? And, like, what will you do for the store? for Not The, so the company. And then it kind of becomes, like, no, what will you do for the people that you, like, work with every day and kind of care about? Right. Um, there's some interesting stuff in it. And I really enjoyed it overall. Um, the other book that I read was Debbie Harry's memoir, Face It. Debbie Harry, Blondie. I shouldn't have to explain anything to you. Um, It is great. It is silly. It is gossipy. It is trashy. It is smart. It is phony. It is full of contradictions. It is everything you love about Blondie. Um, It's very punk rock, ultimately. I really enjoyed this book. I tore through it. I'm really happy that I did buy this on the iPad because there are tons of great pictures. Um, Fun fact about Debbie Harry that I did not know was when she... Worked on her first solo album "Cuckoo" in 1981. Um, HR, they befriended HR Geiger, and I think did opium with him. Is one of the like trashy stories they talk about. HR Geiger, of course, being the famous uh, Alien creator, all that artwork, and they do this crazy like Alien inspired Debbie Harry cover, and he directed the first video. Whole era of Debbie Harry that I did not know about. It's not very good musically, but it's really fun to listen to and think about. And she's amazing. Um, she's just such a crazy pioneer. Um, also,
1: I... I am listening to that, so I'm only about a third of the way through it, yeah. but I am completely enjoying it. And I have the PDF, if you get the uh, audiobook, which she reads, also Christine, Um it has a PDF of all of the photos. as oh, well. Oh, nice! So, okay, yes. cool. And they are supposedly revamping the Kindle version so that you can see the pictures. Nice. <laughs> Although the color pictures are well, if you have a, a if you have band. the Kindle version, you can look on your computer. Yeah, so okay. it's not it's not only on an e-reader. Right, you can you have the file.
0: Okay. Uh, My little bit of news uh, comes with a yay, but also next, Adventure Time is being revived for four hours on HBO Max. This is a show I love. If you know me, I love this show so much, and I will take four more hours, and I think they'll do a good four more hours My next this week is streaming confusion, like between Disney Plus and HBO Max and like NBC, HBO Now, Peacock poop, and like I I don't know what
1: NBC's calling theirs Peacock. I
0: think so. What the fuck? Yeah, like I don't know what's happening with streaming shows anymore. Just like these, just next, I'm nixing this. Just like the whole premise of us like cutting our cable was basically to uh, have choice and not be like bought into these weird products that are too expensive that we don't care enough about that said hbo has all the good shit right now um so i will probably pay for it disney plus less so we should do a whole we'll do a whole other podcast on this the streaming
1: i already have hbo we're okay
0: yeah i'm very excited about obviously his dark materials coming up certainly adventure time
1: like in a week isn't it november 4th i'm yeah. so excited yeah
0: there's a lot of good stuff coming yep. up um but yeah it's it's very confusing what to do and when to get it and how much to pay and what's going to happen. Yeah. Cut that um, shit out. Cut it out. Be clear. Um, all right. Should we talk about On Becoming a God?
1: Sure. On Becoming a God in Central For- Florida. This is a Showtime... Uh, series now already renewed for season two stars Kristen Dunst, Ted Levine, and Sharon Lawrence. It's 1980s flashback slash takedown of MLM culture, where the curtains were most definitely not only blue. Uh, <laughs> it was originally developed for AMC in 2017 and was supposed to be directed slash show run by Yorgos, Yorgos Lathimos. How'd I do? Pretty okay, good. yeah, it'll it'll have to do. Uh, yeah. I'll take it um two years later, it landed at showtime with I've never heard of the two people who are ru- who are show running the and slash writing slash producing this thing um what do you think
0: so yeah, we're gonna go full spoilers I think if you've not i mean mostly because i've we've both seen the full season right uh, how many episodes
1: ten, there are ten, 11 nine... Or? no ten. ten there are ten episodes um yeah, it's... And I've talked a little bit about it yeah. on past weeks, so we know a yeah. little bit. And I will
0: say, it. if you're interested in this topic, check it out. It's there. Yeah, watch it. I think it's... We both think it's probably worth watching if you're interested in this topic. Um, if you're versus spoilers... No.
1: It's a must-watch if you're interested in MLMs. All right.
0: But Let's... bail out now <laughs> if you don't want spoilers. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, check out... yeah. Um, all right.
1: Consult your upline and we'll see you later. Exactly.
0: Uh, one alligator, two alligators, three alligators. I was expecting more alligators. Um, <laughs> I always thought they'd be a problem. Exactly. So I I liked this show on the balance. I thought it was... Kristen Dunst is amazing. Um, she absolutely just carries this show like in every sense of the word uh kirsten dunce you are always underrated and now you're stuck on a showtime show that nobody
1: will see um but except that you're wrong because it's a huge hit <laughs> is Justin. it really yes what yes I, I know. not talk to a single yeah. person that yeah. knows about this show. it's a gigantic hit um, out there in the world and the the critics and yeah it's okay. huge it's- are people watching it yes okay
0: um <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm do my own research. Um, uh,
1: yeah, your your circle of people might not be watching <laughs> it. It's a huge hit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I would have much rather seen the Orgos Lanthimos version of would it. Would be super interesting. Um, the cast is great. I really got to shout out Mel Rodriguez as a neighbor who is um, kind of just dealing with her kind of world and promise and her seductive power um also beth ditto from the gossip um is great as as his wife um there's a great queer kid is their son um there's so much interesting stuff in this the central story and the central characters i got very bored by i feel like it's way too long it's not quite weird enough for me and yet not plotty enough for me. Like it's sort of stuck in this limbo of like I don't know what the show is. I don't know what it's doing. I don't think I would watch a second season of it. Um, It just there's spoilers about a third of the not a third of the way through three quarters of the way through. I was like I know exactly how the season's going to end, and I was right. Uh, The main antagonist gets humiliated and lives. The faux antagonist is murdered by our protagonist, and now they're in a very uh, you know, breaking baddish situation. It's just it feels like the umpteenth variation of anti hero television. I'm tired of it. That's that's how I feel.
1: Okay. I think you're wrong. Um I a first off I to be clear, I am very interested in MLM specifically because I find them to be incredibly cult-like no matter what people say. Anybody who doesn't so, know what that
0: is to explain it a little oh, bit? Oh,
1: sorry. Multi-level marketing, which is basically your Lula Rose, your Amway, which is this what this one is based on. The fam is based on Amway. It is your Herbalives. It's your just basically anything where, you know, those makeup things where everybody that's messaging you on facebook that's like hey girl and you haven't talked to them since fucking high school they're trying to recruit you into an mlm
0: candle parties yeah
1: candles (laughs) fucking anything essential goddamn oils some diet product it's all mlm it doesn't work it's a scam it's a cult you're not going to get rich and you're just going to irritate absolutely every single person you've ever met in your life um And I'm fascinated by it because much like cults, I don't understand how it works or how it works on people and sometimes very intelligent people. It's just fascinating to me. And when you dig deep into MLMs, the shit that goes on in this show, this is not made up. Most everything, much like a Handmaid's Tale They didn't put anything in there that hadn't... that Margaret Atwood didn't put anything in there that hadn't actually happened. They didn't put anything in this show that hadn't actually happened in the history of an MLM. They are super freaky, super Christian, super... We will actually convince you to go down and get weight loss surgery in Tijuana because we are making money off that shit. Okay? I mean... So, for me, that's fascinating. For me, the research that went into it is really great. Kristen Dunst was amazing. I thought the everybody in this show, just about to the, the letter, was excellent. Mary Steenburgen was great in her few scenes. I... A the woman who played the repo, uh f- the friend who tried to re became her friend after she tried to repo all her possessions, Alex Skarsgard as Janet Lee. I say that just because he is killed in the first episode, people, so don't get attached. Um I thought it was great. I thought it was weird. I thought it really understood its topic. And um, I don't think that Dunst is an anti-hero because I think she's going to turn around and do the right things here. Yes, she's sort of, in her quest to save herself and her child, she did take advantage of her neighbors. But I also feel like she will turn around and help them. Um, So I don't think she's an anti-hero. I don't think she's bad and i think she's gonna you know the way that she was flat out honest with uh bonar at the end look i may not ever love you but we can figure out how to make this work and do it together i think she's the next season will be very much about the community that she builds in order to but that's
0: pure manipulation she's she's just surviving like
1: it's not though. She's she. I mean, he. No, pure manipulation was when she wasn't telling him, "I don't love you."
0: I, I guess. I think they're both. I think this is a new form of manipulation. I think that we'll was see. The, yeah.
1: I mean, I think um, it was. I I I disagree with you, but I've been in that situation where I I don't agree with you. I think that it's her way of explaining to him. You have this power. I have this power. Let's figure out how to make it work and, and become more equal. And I don't think she's manipulating him. I, I think she's being much more honest than she had been. Do you feel
0: like it was padded and too long and there wasn't enough that was actually happening?
1: Uh, I feel like they probably could have cut off out two or three episodes, episodes yeah. but I think that's very much for Oops. they. I think very much HBO and Showtime feel like they have to have 10 episodes, especially in first seasons. 10 episodes is what you do. You do 10 episodes. You know, Game of Thrones, uh, Shameless used to be, uh, Smilf, you do 10 episodes. So I feel like they, and they had such great cast that they went, okay, sure. And didn't really look at it critically and with an editor's eye of, we could have done this in six. And then if it really thrived, then we do 10 next time.
0: I feel like you were talking about the like the creepiness of it and the uh, sort of horrifying nature of it. And I almost didn't get enough of that. Like, Ted Levine is giving this very over-the-top, yeah. um, like, demented, demonic Colonel Sanders performance. Very much. And I just... I don't... But then it's like there are these peripheral characters and, like, it's got a lot of, like, Fargo baked in it. It's sort of, like, inept. I just didn't really... I mean, I don't know, having known a couple of people, having, knowing a couple of people that are, have been sucked into this kind of world, um, it just, it didn't to me capture like the insidious nature of it. It felt so on the nose in a way that I felt, felt kind of condescending and sort of silly. Like I just, like, you know, intelligent people that have been sucked into these I do, and I don't. I don't know that the show understands why that works, other than just, like, you're dummies.
1: I mean, I don't think they presented Mel Rodriguez as a dummy, and he got sucked in.
0: Yeah. But I didn't... Also, totally, personally, I didn't buy his transformation. Oh, I did. I did, because
1: of... You... Because when some... I absolutely bought it. They played on his depression and on his want to help people, and... That's how they sucked him in. I, I believed it yeah. because of the type of person that he was. That was what got played to. Yeah. And make me happy and make yourself happy. Yeah. So- I, I got it. I mean, it, if you I get it, if it wasn't working for you. But uh, I I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was incredibly well acted. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was quirky and weird. I yeah. I mean, was it realistic? No. But I don't think it was trying to be realistic.
0: What do so. the white uh animals, the white moose and isn't there another one? No what are they frigging
1: making? idea. Yeah. It's <laughs> we'll see. a little touch <laughs> of it, like it's
0: a little loss in like, is this David Lynch? Like, just go further down that road, or are you just like a fargo knockoff?
1: <laughs> Disagree.
0: Okay. Um Pain and Glory. Should we talk about it? Sure. Uh twenty-first movie, which is wild. Really? Wild. Um, he's been making movies wow. forever, right? Like, one of the longest-running kind of acclaimed directors forever. This is Pedro Almodovar, the Spanish director. Um, I have not seen, for context, uh, I don't know, I don't think I've seen the last, like, five or six. I think he, anyone who doesn't know Almodovar, he burned really bright for a moment in the early 90s, late 90s. People sort of respected him. Over the past 10 years, I think it's fair to say he's sort of fallen off a little yeah, bit. I think Because so. he was doing a little of his thing, which was always kind of interesting and true to itself always. Um... This movie is the not actually true, but also not not true about an aging film director's need for connection, both to his material and to the people around him. It is very clearly based a little bit on his own writer's block, the director's writer's block. Uh, Antonio Banderas, second time this week, woo woo, double tap that. Uh huh. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> plays uh, the Elmendorf stand-in director. Penelope Cruz plays his mom in flashbacks, beautiful and glorious as ever. Heads up, we both think this movie is worth seeing. It is a very slow rollout schedule wise. So, again, if you don't want spoilers, stop now and check back in when you've seen it. Uh, One, uh, haughty, gray haired Spanish guy. (laughs) Two, very bright suits. Three, um, one more.
1: Weird Spanish house doors. A
0: lot of heroin.
1: (laughs) A lot of heroin. Yeah, that too. Black powder heroin. There we go. Uh,
0: What did you think of Pain and Glory?
1: I really enjoyed it. Um it much like it's introduction into theaters. I think it is a slow roll out uh when sitting there. At first I was like, "Oh, I really feel my butt falling asleep." <laughs> um and I need to get comfortable because this is is this am I gonna be miserable for two and a half hours? And about the time that I started being worried that I was gonna be miserable for two and a half hours, it started to click for me. Um Antonio Banderas's performance is great. Cruz is always good. She but she was way more understated in this than I've seen her in something for a while. Um and not in a ton. No, 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 yeah. no. But she but she really gripped me. Yeah. Um and then the story, once the Antonio Banderas' character, the director gets back in touch with one of his actors. They're supposed to do like some look back at one of his most influential movies. And he and that, the actor in that film have had a falling out. And he goes to see him. And once they really started to connect, I got in with the movie. And then it really picked up uh, for me, Um And I just, I thought it was touching. I thought it had so much to say about desire and repression and connection to your parents and connection to the people who may have made you what you are that you have lost. And I really enjoyed it. What did you think?
0: I loved it. It's definitely, I mean, the best thing that, I've seen that he's done in years. I mean, Absolutely. it does feel very personal in a way. I know people are like, oh, we hate it. It's, like, personal. But it's, I don't know. Because it's, I think a lot of people have said that it's not, um, that's not what you go to Almodovar for. But I don't know. Who's the why, not? Like, why not? Like, I thought it was really moving. Um, totally. And, and and one of my things that I said to you after we got out of it was, like, oh, I just sometimes, like, struggle with, especially in this movie, which is his most personal, I think, on many levels, is sexuality? It's a, not a crazy explicit movie about oh, sex at all. at all. It's so much about unfulfilled passion and sort of like looking back and thinking about what could have been when it comes to passion and sex and love. And um, it uh, it bothered me a little bit because it made. But then I realized it just kind of made me sad for him or what he was
1: saying. Like, you want to? You want to think that he has been happy, that he has been passionate, yeah. that he has known love.
0: And instead, I think he was just. Either being true to himself or just telling a story about someone who reflected something that he sees in himself or sees in other people around him. Um, And I hope
1: that that's not 100% his experience. And I think that's what really connected with you. And, yeah, yeah, that's a little heartbreaking if that's all he's ever known. And I hope it's not. Yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. Um,
0: Ben Daris, I I have always said he was, like, handsome. I talked to him last week in Laundromat. This, to me, was just, like, another level of performance. So this is his career peak. He is so good. He is so moving. He's so funny. He makes the choice to, like, try heroin for the first time in his, like, you know, 50s, 60s or whatever. And you're just completely just like, yeah, I get it. I, that's sure. You should that do heroin. Sense. You yeah. want me to
1: hold your hand? Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's,
0: and I loved how interesting it was about that the whole plot line.
1: Well, and how um, honest, A, the portrayal was, but B, the character was about it. Yeah. Just I did this, yeah, and here's why, yeah, and it yeah, it got me
0: so much good stuff in this movie, I really loved the I will also,
1: as a chronic pain sufferer, say that uh. it was also super honest about someone saying, You know what, I am in pain constantly, very much the way that antonio banderas. Holds himself in this film. I have gone through that. The I am trying not to move one entire side of my whole body, and how much energy that takes, and how much emotion that takes out of you. He got it. It's so so good. It was so amazing. I was blown away by that.
0: And I love the relationship with him and his sort of assistant, Mm -hmm. whatever role is like. There's a very funny. And a subtle thing about the way he finds like friendships and working relationships with other women, and yep. sort of his mother's role in that. The whole thing about his mother being Penelope Cruz and being lovely, but also being like a sort of repressed, angry, yep. uh, homophobic kind of just person of her time, yep, um, is beautifully handled, um. It's a great movie. I really like it is literally pain and glory. It's I don't think we've seen it in a movie all year that just talks about what it's about more directly than in its title than this. Um, I I really loved it. And it's sticking with me in a way that I don't think I'm going to be able to shake.
1: No, it's really I I agree with you. It was very like. For example, the chronic pain aspect of it wasn't until a couple of days later. As I sat in the movie, I saw that he was portraying that well, but it didn't really smack me in the face until a couple of days later. I was having an issue with my hand. It was hurting. I thought about, you know, that movie for some reason. And I was like, oh, it said so much more than I was even realizing at the time. It just, kudos. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, where can they tell us if they saw El Camino, if they saw the Watchmen preview, if they agreed with you about becoming un- a guy in Central Florida and think I'm a As crab?
1: All thinking people do. <laughs> um, where can they tell us? You can find us on Facebook. at Just search for Motion to Knicks Podcast. You can email us at Emotion to Knicks at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Next Podcast. You can find me alone by myself on Twitter at Fanny V. Darling with a gloat goat. And I'm at Justin Hartung on Twitter. See you next week.